Hello, everybody. This is your host, Chloe Lockwood from Chloe and Ava Stories. Again, we are going to be reading the award-winning author of Holes book, There's a Boy in the Girls' Bathroom by Louis Sackar. This was printed out by Note Paperback. The awards are IRA CBC Children's Choice, Texas Blue Bonnet Award, and Pacific Northwest Young Readers' Choice Award. All right, let's start off where we were to Carla. Chapter 28. Bradley lay on his bed, on his stomach. He chewed the end of a pencil as he looked hopelessly at the arithmetic book, opened in front of him. Next to the book was a piece of paper in the upper right-hand corner he had written, Bradley Chalker's Homework Arithmetic, page 43, Red Hill School, Room 12, Mrs. Evel's Class, Last Seat, Last Row, Black Eye. His handwriting was messy anyhow, uh, was was made worse by the fact he wrote with a dull pencil on a soft bed. He had stayed in Mrs. Ebel's class as long as he could after the bell rang. Bradley, it's time to go home, Bradley finally said to him. He looked outside, unsure if Jeff and the gang hang of bullies were waiting for him. Um, I have a question, he said. Mrs. Ebel eyed him suspiciously. What kind of question? He tried to figure out what kind of question he had. An asking question? I see, said Mrs. Apple. May I ask it? Yes. Okay, she said reluctantly. Yes, his question. What page is the homework on? The homework? Page 43. He wrote 43 at the top of his sneakers so he wouldn't forget. Then took his arithmetic book and stepped outside. Jeff and his friends were playing basketball. He ran home. Now he hopelessly... Now he looked hopelessly at page 43, shook his head inside. Question 1. What is three-fourths of two-thirds? It was the most impossible question he'd ever seen. His mind wandered. Hey, Bradley, what are you doing? Homework. What's homework? It's work you do at home. Is that supposed to be funny? She asked. No, really. That's what they do at school. They give you work to do at home, and they call it homework. You've never done it before, said Ronnie. I'm doing it for Carla. Now let me leave me alone so I can concentrate. Question one. What is three-fourths of two-thirds? Why are you doing it for Carla? Ronnie asked. He said, okay, I'll tell you, but you can't tell anyone. Ronnie promised not to tell. We're in love. Really? exclaimed Ronnie. How do you know? She kissed me. Ooh, that means she loves you, said Ronnie. Are you going to marry her? Maybe when I'm older. First, I have to do my homework. I'm going to marry Bartholomew, said Ronnie. I know, said Bradley. Let me do my homework. Question one. What is three-fourths of two-thirds? Hey, Bradley, what's going on? Asked Bartholomew. Leave him alone, said Ronnie. He's trying to do his homework. He can't concentrate while you're talking to him. Maybe I can help, said Bartholomew. What's the problem? What is three-fourths of two-thirds? Bradley asked. Three-fourths of two-thirds. Bartholomew repeated. That's a tough problem. All right. Three-fourths of two-thirds. Let's see. You divide four and no, you multiply it two times. Of means divide, said the donkey. Like if you take half of something, it means you divide it by two. You divide three by two, three, or by three. Bradley started to write that down. No, it means time, said the line. You have to multiply everything. First, you have to reverse denominators. No, you don't reverse your inverse, corrected the mother's, the mother cocker spaniel. I think you have to find a common denominator, said the 
elephant, not for multiplication, said the hippopotamus. That's only addition. Multiplication is the same as addition, said the fox. Only fast. You have to cancel out the threes, said the kangaroo. You always cancel out the threes. You multiply by threes, said the lion. Bradley kept erasing and rewriting and erasing and rewriting until there was nothing but a big black smudge grow over his paper. On the top of the smudge, he tried to write three times three is nine, but as he did so, his pencil tore the hole through the paper. The answer can't be nine, said Ronnie. If you start with fractions, you have to end with fractions. Bradley slammed his bookshelf. None of you know what you're talking about, he cried with disgust. He took the paper and pencil and walked down the hall to the dining room. His mother was sitting on the table working a crossword puzzle from the newspaper. He plopped down next to her inside. She looked at him inquisitively. I can't figure out how to do my homework, he complained. Will you help me? His mother smiled. I'd be delighted. Let me see. He pushed his arithmetic book in front of her. Page 43. She opened the book, book to the page and looked at Bradley's torn smudge paper. Okay, let me clear away this newspaper so we can have a nice, neat place to work. While I do that, I want you to get a clean sheet of paper. I don't have any more paper. This is all I brought home. There's someone in your father's desk. Get a sharp pencil, too. He stared at her in disbelief. He wasn't allowed to touch anything on his father's desk. She nodded. Bradley felt a little scared as he walked into the extra bedroom which his father used as an office. He opened the drawer of the top of the old oak desk and carefully took out a pencil and a piece of paper. He shut the drawer, looked around, then hurried back to his mother. She smiled at him. He wrote... He sat down and wrote, much neater this time. Um, Bradley Chalkers, homework, arithmetic, page 43, Red Hill School, room 12, Mrs. Ebbles' class, last last show, black eye. You have to put all that, he explained, in case she get, it gets lost. She read the first question out loud. What's three-fourths of two-thirds? He shrugged. Okay, she said. The first thing you want to do is write the equation. He still didn't know what to do. She wrote it for him. Whenever you see the word of, it means multiply, she explained. Of mean times, he said. Right, said his mother. That was what the lion had said. Now you cancel out the freeze, said his mother. That's what the kangaroo said. You always cancel out the threes. Neither of them noticed that Claudia was standing behind them. That's not how you're supposed to learn it, she she said abruptly. Bradley turned around and glared at her. You have to explain why you cancel them, said Claudia, and they don't call canceling. It's called dividing by one. I just know it the way I learn it, said Mrs. Chalkers. If you want, I can show Bradley, said Claudia. He looked at his mother and then back at Claudia, then at his mother. She knows how they're teaching it now, she said. Will you help me, Bradley asked his sister. Sure, sure, why not? I've got nothing better to do. Mrs. Chalkers stood up and Claudia took her place. Don't do it for him, said Bradley's mother. Make sure he knows how to do it himself. Claudia worked patiently with Bradley for the rest of the afternoon. When he said he understood something, she made him explain it to her. That was harder. He understood when she did it, but then he had trouble when he tried to do it himself. By dinner time, there were only a, there was only a little more. They were only a little more than halfway through. Bradley wanted Claudia to help him after dinner, too, but she had her own homework to do. You know how to do it, she told him. You can do it yourself. I need help, he complained. I'll help you, said his father. You will? Let's go to my office. We can work at my desk. Bradley couldn't believe it. They worked together. Bradley was surprised about how much his father knew. 
He made all the hard parts seem easy. Bradley was a little disappointed about how quick they finished. He liked working with his father. He brought his finished homework back to the room. Oh, I get it, Bradley, said Bartholomew. You multiply the numerators and demonitors separately. But I still don't understand projecting. It's easy, said Bradley. Here, let me show you how. Again. Bradley was too excited to sleep. Mrs. Double will be surprised, he thought. She'll tell the whole class only one person got 100% today. Bradley. But there were many things that could still go wrong. What if I lose it on the way to school, he worried. What if Def and his friends steal it? Twice during the night, he got out of bed to make sure it was safely folded in the arithmetic. What if I did the wrong page? What if he was no longer sure whether Mrs. Apple had said page 43 or page 62? Tried to remember exactly what she said to him. He sat up in horror. She never said it was an arithmetic homework. Mrs. Apple just said the page number. She never said what book. She could have meant store, history, or language, or any other of his books. He laid back down and trembled. His tears wet his pillow. He got out of bed and checked to see if his homework was still there. Then he quickly got ready and left for school without eating breakfast. On his way, he made sure that he still had his homework. He opened his book. The paper fell on the sidewalk right next to a puddle of water. He stared at it, horrified by what he had almost done, then quickly picked it up and placed it back in his book. He held the book tightly shut the rest of the way to school. He was one of the first ones there. He had to wait wait for the doors to open. He stood on the lookout for Jeff and his gang. He stood with his back to the school so they couldn't sneak up behind him. He saw Andy. He thought Andy had seen him too, but if he had, he didn't do anything about it. When the doors opened, he was the first one in Mrs. Hubble's class. He sat at his desk, last seat, last row. As the other kids came in, he saw them put sheets of paper on Mrs. Hubble's desk. He wondered if that was their homework. He now had a new worry. He didn't know if he was supposed to turn in his homework. Jeff entered, placed a piece of paper on the pile on top of Mrs. Hubble's desk, then came towards Bradley. Must be his homework, thought Bradley. What else could it be? Sean, he said out loud. John, he said aloud. The girl in front of Jeff turned around. Are you supposed to put your homework on Mrs. Evel's desk? Don't t- tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do, Bradley, Sean snapped. You worry about your homework and I'll worry about mine, okay? She turned back around. It was almost time for school to start. What if I had to place it on her desk before the bell rings or it doesn't count? He fumbled through his book for his homework. He stood up and then handed for Mrs. Evel's desk. He became more nervous with each step he took. His mouth was dry and he had trouble breathing. He could hardly see where he was going. He felt like he was going to faint. Mrs. Ebel's desk seemed so far away. It seemed like he was looking through the wrong end of a telescope. His heart pounded and his homework rattled in his hand. Somehow he made it to her desk and tried to focus on the other sheets of paper the other other kids had put there. It looked like arithmetic homework, page 43. But instead of feeling better, he felt worse, like he was going to explode. Do you want something, Bradley? asked Mrs. Apple. He looked at his homework, shaking in his hand, then tore it in half and dropped it in the waste paper basket next to Mrs. Apple's desk. He instantly felt better. His head cleared and cleared and his heart stopped pounding. He walked back to his desk, took a deep breath, exhaled, and sat down. He folded his arms on his desktop and laid his head down sideways across them. He felt sad, but relieved as he gazed at the gold stars.
Chapter 30. Bradley remained in his seat after everyone else had gone out to recess. He walked to Mrs. Ebel's desk. She was sorting papers. Mrs. Ebel, he said timidly, may I use the hall pass? I have to see the counselor. She looked up. Please. Normally, Mrs. Ebel would never have allowed Bradley loose in the hall, but something about Brad, something the way he asked, asked must have changed her mind. All right, Bradley, she said and caught herself. But if you're bad, you'll never be allowed in the halls of this school again. Thank you. He took the hall pass off the hook behind her desk and headed out the door. You're welcome, Mrs. Ebel said to herself. He knocked on the door to Carla's office. How nice it is to see you today, Bradley, she greeted him. I appreciate your coming to see me. He shook her hands and sat around the round table. She was wearing the shirt with the squiggly lines on it. It was the one she had wore the first time he saw her. He liked it, but not as much as he liked the one with the mice. I did my homework last night, he said. Carla beamed. I'm so proud. I ripped it up. What? I ripped it up. I brought it to school, and I was about to put it on Mrs. Ebel's desk, but then I ripped it up. How did Carla asked. Why did I rip it? Why did I rip it up? He asked her first. I don't know. Why did you? He shrugged. She shrugged. They both giggled. I was afraid you'd be mad, Bradley said when he stopped giggling. Carla shook her head. You did your homework. That's the most important thing. I'm very proud of you, Bradley Chalkers. I'm going to do all my homework from now on, he promised. That's wonderful. But what if I keep ripping it up? Why would you do that? I don't know. I didn't I didn't think I wanted to rip it up today. The main thing is that you did it. And you learned some things by doing it, didn't you? What of means, said Bradley. What of means? Carly repeated. Time, said Bradley. She stared at him, baffled. Oh, right, she said as if she suddenly connected for Okay, so even though you ripped up your homework, you still remembered heard what you learned. You didn't rip up your memory, and Mrs. Ebel gives the arithmetic. Next arithmetic test, you'll know the answers to the questions. But what if they change the rules, said Bradley? What rules? Like if they decide to make of mean subtraction. They won't change the rules, Carla assured him, whoever they are. But what if I rip up my test too, he asked. Carla looked at him as if he was being silly. Has Mrs. Ebel given you any homework for tomorrow? Tomorrow Saturday. Okay for Monday. No, we never have homework on the weekend. He spoke like an expert. Like he had been doing homework for years. But we have a book report due next week only. Only what? I don't have a book and Mrs. Wilcott won't let me check any out in the library. Well, let's see, said Carla. Do you think think you might know someone that'll let you borrow a book? Think hard now. Bradley looked around the office books in her office. May I borrow one of yours? He asked. Please, I won't scribble in it. Carla walked around the table, then picked out a book from the stack of her bookcase. It's my favorite, she said as she gave it to Bradley. He read the title and laughed. My Parents Didn't Steal an Elephant by Uriah C. Lasso. He opened the page one read the first sentence. I hate tomato juice. He thought that was a funny sentence to start a book. He continued reading. Every morning, Aunt Ruth gives me a glass of tomato juice, and every morning I tell her I hate it. Fine, Dumpling, she always says. Don't drink it. She calls me Dumpling. Uncle Boris calls me Cornflake. They're crazy. One of these days, I'm afraid they're going to eat me. He glanced up at Carla, then returned to the book. My parents are in jail. They got arrested for stealing an elephant from the circus. Only they didn't do it. If they stole an elephant, I'd know about it, wouldn't 
I mean, if your parents stole an elephant, don't you think you'd know about it? I think the elephant just ran away. The master always mean to her. He whipped her and made her do stupid tricks. My parents used to complain about that a lot, so that's why everyone thinks they stole her. So anyway, that's why I have to live with my crazy Aunt Ruth and Uncle Boris. Boris, if you ask me, they belong in the circus. They're crazy. Uncle Boris always smokes a cigar. It hangs out of the corner of his mouth. Whenever he kisses my aunt, aunt, he swings the cigar out of the way, out of the way with his tongue and kisses her in the side of the mouth. I bet you Aunt Ruth doesn't like it when he kisses her that way. Wrong. She always laughs when he does it. Sometimes she smokes a cigar too. I told you they were crazy. Look, he even smokes a cigar with his while he's drinking his orange juice. The bell rang. Bradley was amazed about how how quickly time had passed. Do you want to have lunch together? He asked. I'm sorry. I'm having to have lunch with the president of the school board, said Carla. I'd much rather eat lunch with you. He didn't mind too much. At least he had a book to read. They shook hands. Then he walked back to class. He placed the hall pass on the hook and took it to his seat. He knew he'd write a good book report because he'd had such a good book to read. I just hope I don't rip it up. Chapter 31 what you doing, Bradley? asked Ronnie. He's reading, Bartholomew repeated nastily. He says he doesn't want to be disturbed. He thinks thinks he's too good for us now that he does homework. Oh, be quiet and let him read if that's what he wants to do, said Ronnie. Thanks, Ronnie, said Bradley. I knew you'd understand. I knew you understand, Bartholomew. Ronnie understood. She knew about Carlisle. Bradley returned to his book. Uncle Boris and Aunt Ruth are married. I bet you you thought you already knew that. Except you're not as smart as you think you are. They were my uncle and aunt before they got married. Uncle Boris is my mother's brother and my Aunt Ruth is my father's sister. They didn't even know each other until my parents got arrested for stealing an elephant. Then they both Then they both came here to take care of me. Ha! They fell in love and got married a week later. It was sickening. You're lucky you weren't here. I've been cheated out by an aunt and uncle. If they had married someone else, I'd have two aunts and two uncles. Now I only have one aunt and one uncle. I wonder what happened to the aunt and uncle I don't have. I wonder if they married each other, too. Bradley looked up as if he tried to make sense of that last paragraph. It made him think. A lot of parts in the book made him think. That was one of them. Things he liked about it. It made him think about his father, too. About why the man who had shot him was in jail. There was a knock on the door. His mother entered, holding a piece of paper. Oh, you're reading, she said. That's good. It's a good book, he replied. I just got this letter from the Concerned Parents Organization, she said. They're going to be your counselor in some sort of meeting about Mrs. Davis, your counselor. Bradley's heart fluttered. It says if I have any complaints, I should come to the meeting. She shrugged her shoulders. I don't think I have any complaints. She seemed to be helping you. Do you have any complaints? Oh, no, he doesn't have any complaints, Claudia laughed, coming behind her mother. He's in love with her. I heard him say it to his animals. What? What? Bradley exclaimed in a very funny voice. Claudia snickered. Look, Mom, he's blushing. That proves he loves her. Bradley wished he could crawl under his bed and hide. It does not prove anything, said Mrs. Chalkers. Quit teasing, teasing your brother. Where'd you get the book, Bradley? Claudia asked like she already knew the answer. His heart was beating. Carla gave it to me. Carla gave it to him. 
Claudia repeated. Well, I don't care where he got the book, said Mrs. Chalkers. I'm just happy to see he's reading it. The only reason he is reading it is because he's in love with his teacher, said Claudia. She's not my teacher. She's my counselor, said Bradley. Claudia roared with laughter. His mother laughed, too, but she quickly covered her mouth. I didn't say I was in love with her, Bradley insisted. We were just talking about my counselor, not my teacher, that's all. Are you going to let him marry him, Mom? asked Claudia. Mrs. Chalker smiled. Well, I don't know. She seems like a very lovely girl. Bradley felt like he was going to die. His sister was hysterical. So, do you have any plans about Miss Davis? His mother asked seriously, getting back to the letter. She's okay, he said without emotion. Claudia snickered. Well, then I won't go to the meeting, said his mother. Come on, let's leave your brother alone. The concerned parents of organization never likes anything, said Claudia. They're always wanting to cause trouble at school. They want to turn kids into robots. Bradley watched his sister and mother walk out of the room and shut the door behind them. He laid down. His face was on fire. So I love her. What's wrong with that? Nothing, said Bradley. They just don't understand about love. The door opened again, and Claudia stuck her face inside and said, If the concerned parents of organization ever found out Carla kissed you, she'd be fired for sure. Bradley paid close attention to Mrs. Ebbold, who taught arithmetic. He nodded his head every time she knew she said something he already knew. That he, once he almost raised his hand to answer his question, but he lost his nerve. Somebody else knew the answer he wouldn't have given. And I knew it, he thought as he nodded his head. He didn't spend recess in the li- he had spent recess in the library reading My Parents Didn't Steal an Elephant by Uriah C. Lasso. When he stopped when he was leaving the library, Mrs. Wilcott stopped him and said, You were reading, weren't you? Yes. Good for you, Bradley. Good for you. He smiled as he remembered. It's, it's because of Carla's book, he thought. But as long as he had it with him, it seemed like nothing could go wrong. His black eye was gone, too. When the bell rang for lunch, he put his arithmetic book away. He took out his lunch lucky book and walked to Mrs. Ebel's desk. May I please borrow the hall pass? He asked. She let him have it. He knew she would. He was holding the magic book. He walked to Carla's office. Just as he was raising his fist to knock, she opened the door. Bradley, what a pleasant surprise. You want to have lunch together? He asked. Oh, I'm sorry, I can't. I have to go to the principal's office. What's the matter? Did you get in trouble? He asked. She didn't laugh at his joke. She shrugged her shoulders and headed towards the principal's office. Maybe she really did get in trouble, Bradley thought as she watched her go. It's probably because she doesn't believe in rules. She must have broken one without knowing it. I should have warned her. But he wasn't too worried. He couldn't imagine anything bad ever happening to Carla. He walked through the auditorium and stepped outside to the playground. He sat down at the step outside of the auditorium and ate lunch. At least he had her book with him. It was almost as good as eating lunch with her. He didn't read while he ate. He was afraid he might accidentally spill food on the book even if there were no such thing as accidents. Colleen Varigold walked by. Hello, Colleen! Hein, he called to her. She stopped and then walked away without a returning hello. Bradley didn't mind. He had said hello to Colleen because he knew Carla would appreciate it. He felt like Colleen was, Carla was watching over it, and it didn't matter that Colleen didn't say hello back because in his heart he heard Carla, Carla say, Hello, Bradley. It's a pleasure to see you today. 
He finished eating, then opened the book. Guess what they've done now? The wallpaper in the garage? I told you they were crazy. Who's ever heard of anybody putting wallpaper on the walls of the garage? Purple paper with yellow polka dots. I don't even know how they got it in there. The garage door has been, like, locked shut for months. The lock was broken for or something so nobody could get in. At least I'm glad they gladly they finally got it open. It was beginning to smell pretty bad. You could smell it from the driveway. Now it just smells like paste. I can't wait till my parents get home and they put an end to all this craziness. The trial is in next week. They have to be found innocent. I mean, if they stole an elephant, I know about it. Wouldn't I? Where could they hide an elephant? Look, he's reading, said Robbie. Look, he's reading, said Robbie. I, I didn't know he knew how to read, laughed Curtis. Bradley looked up. He was surrounded by Jeff and his gang. He can't read, said Brian. He just looks at the pictures. They all laughed. What you reading? asked Russell. Bradley closed his book. The book and slowly stood in the concrete step. Chicken chalkers, said Dan, and Andy bounced the ball. Bradley glanced behind him. Doug was blocking the door to the auditorium. What's the matter, Bradley? He asked. Hey, Chalkers, what's the name of your book? Asked Roddy as he looked at his book, then stared definitely at Robbie. Let me say it, said Robbie. Bradley clutched it against his chest. No matter what he was going, he wasn't going to let them harm Carlos' book. Oh, come on, Bradley, be a pal, said Robbie. I just want to say it. Curtis chuckled. Robbie stepped towards him. You can't read it anyway. He, he said, give it to me and I'll read it to you. He reached out and rested his hand on the book. Bradley jerked it away. Uh-oh, I think he's getting angry, said Bradley. I just want to see it, said Robbie. Again, he reached for the book. Bradley held it under his left arm and against his chest. He made a right hand into a fist. Robbie. Robbie backed away. Jeff, he called. Yeah, come on, Jeff. Teach, teach him a lesson. Just step between Andy and Russell. All right. All right, said Curtis. Hold on, said Andy. Let me get off the steps. The boys backed up. Bradley clutched his book where Jeff was waiting. Do you want me to hold your book, Bradley, said Andy. Bradley glanced at him. Don't worry, he said sincerely. I won't hurt it. Bradley handed Andy the book, then looked back at Jeff. They stood patched. They stood in a patch of grass and dirt and faced each other. The bruise around Jeff's eye had turned brown with a greenish tint. Jeff raised his fence. fist. The other boy formed around a circle. Come on, Jeff, urged Brian. Give him another black eye, said Russell. Bradley read it, read it to himself. He raised his fist in the air and then lowered him. He had an idea. Hello, Jeff, he said. Robbie snickered. Jeff stared at him. Wide eyely. Hello, Bradley. He replied. Bradley smiled. He held out his hand. Jeff smiled too. It was the first honest smile in a long time. He shook his best friend's hand. The other boys were dumbfounded. No one said a word. And Andy finally broke the ice. Do you like to play basketball, Bradley? He asked. Bradley looked at him, bewildered. I'm not very good, he said. So? So? None of us are, said Jeff, patting him on the back. Now we'll have even teams, said Robbie. And that is the end of our story today. Um, See you guys later. Bye.